Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Camp Woodstock Burning Man 2020 event. It is September 2nd, and on my left is a gentleman by the name of Alan Stein Steinfield. Steinfield. And he is the producer of New Realities, and he has a YouTube channel called New Realities. You can find it by going to www.youtube.com slash new realities. So, Alan, what are we talking about today? Well, oh, by the way, I'm Galaxia's Quasar. Galaxia's, <laughs> uh, you know, on this program that I've been doing for like 20 years, something like that, I call it New Realities because we are at a time of a change in perception. Mm -hmm which means a change of reality, really. Like, take what happened to us in February, March. Suddenly, reality was not what people normally took it to be. It was, it was a worldwide sort of epidemic of, of consciousness, of perception. Reality changed. And we're living out of the effect of that changed reality now. It's like, just think about, like, a year ago, how different the consciousness of the planet was. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. I mean, people, if you told people, you know, everyone in the world is going to be wearing a mask, or almost everyone, and they'd be afraid to hug and kiss, and I mean, it was inconceivable at that level of reality. Now, it's like, you know, anywhere you go, it's that. So, but what has changed is mm, a kind of, um, way we perceive the world and that can be actually more fluid than we want it to be. Do you know? Yes, absolutely. It's it's it's, it's not it's not this way or that way. And and that happens that has to do with our inner war. How developed on the inside are we? Yeah. I um if I may yes, uh, please. add on that um throughout uh my own um like spiritual um or even like science, all sorts of things like spiritual, occultism, all that stuff. My whole path along it, um, I had learned uh, that it is indeed your own perception that is uh, what shapes your reality. And it is indeed not the world that is working against you. Rather, it is you going against the world. Mm -hmm. And so when I figured that out, Things actually did start running they, a bit more smoothly. They do. It's because yeah. it's not, you're not going against the world. You're going against um, a kind of conditioned response yes. to the world. Yes. The world is for you. Yes. It absolutely is for you all the time. It, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. If you can say, oh, why did I do that? Why did that happen? Because it is here to evolve us. It may not always be pleasant, though. That's the thing. Like this whole thing that's come down since March, February. Right. It, it's awful, and yet there's a, something we can learn about taking care of each other, about connecting, about being more conscious. Absolutely. And and so, you know who Bashar is? Yes! Oh my God, Bashar! Yes, Bashar. I, I, I'm you, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Did, did you ever see my interview with Bashar? No. Oh, it's, I have like a half a million people looking at my Bashar interview with Daryl Anka. For anyone who doesn't know who Bashar is, I don't know his actual name. Daryl Anka. Daryl Anka. It, Bashar is the spirit of a being that he essentially channels and speaks through um, he and himself. And so 
Bashar is an interesting person or being. And what he what he says for some people who just happen to, you know, find his videos, like it might seem kind of strange, but there there's there's a hidden message in Bashar's words. Well, it's that, not always hidden because right. one of the things I would Oh god, you finished what you were gonna say. Well, for the for the person who isn't aware of what the message actually is. Well, one of the messages is circumstances don't matter. Only states of consciousness matter. Right. It's how you feel. The world may be going crazy, but how do you feel? What's your inner feeling? How do you want to work with that? Do you want to react against it? Or do you want to drop into yourself and be at peace no matter what? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not always easy. You'll be tested, but... Circumstances don't matter. States of being matter. Right. So the idea in all of this incarnation, this is incarnation, mm -hmm. in, is how do we deal with circumstances? And we're challenged every time to be at peace. And the world makes it very hard to do that. It does, <laughs> until you're the Tao. And you know what the Tao is? The Taoist philosophy? It is, um, I believe everything has a spirit. Is that no. right? Well, it's more like there's a flow. The Tao is the way. Sorry, I'm thinking something else. No, no, but it's okay. The Tao is just the flow of the universe. Like, you know, the Tao flows like this. And this is flow. Time and space are flowing like this. Yes. And we can move like this if we do, if we don't go against the current. So right. it's like, Whatever the universe brings you, you can attend a new timeline, but go with the flow is basically it. So with, with that, do you think it's also fair to say, due to the, the current construct right. of our current reality mm -hmm. and how every single person who lives on this planet must uh, get on with their lives, mm -hmm. um, do you think it's fair to say that such a state of being can be a little hard to achieve? Well, it can be and doesn't have to be. I mean, if you look at the world, if you're looking at the news every day and getting that kind of uh, dense media impact, then you're saying, oh my God, there's a need to be afraid. But if you're just with yourself and kind of doing yoga, exercise, or breathing, or tai chi, then you can drop into a space that might be a little easier than... Does that make sense to you? Like Yes. It's like, it doesn't have to be hard. Right. I mean, it can be, but what's hard? It's our resistance to something. Right. But also, I wanted to talk to you about, because you're very evolved in a way, this level of higher conscious, like the ET level. We were talking about that. Right. <laughs> so Bashar says he's an extraterrestrial from the future. Correct. And he's here to bring humanity up to the next level. He calls himself a first contact specialist. Right. And so this guy channels this being from, the, he's actually channeling this extraterrestrial because he wants to help us be more aware of who we really are. It's really who we are. And we've been given like conditioning by our culture, by our religions, by political affiliations, by our education, by the media it all wants to make us into something. And if you drop into the Tao, I'm not saying I have completely, but if you can get there, and because the best time I ever have is just at night 
when I drop into myself and just are at peace. If you can drop in there, then other levels of reality start to appear. It's happened to you. I know you're, you it's, mind me saying? <laughs> it, it, I mean, I mean, it's very, it's very strange, you know, like how, how things work uh, exactly. Um, well, what do you mean by that strange? Well, when you learn that, you know, things don't have to be so hard. I mean, when even like, I'll say like, for people who might be listening and are probably thinking, oh yeah, right, like I've got all these bills to pay and these people are talking about, oh, how it's so easy to drop into yourselves. and But that may be so, but you can definitely begin with the smallest thing. It could be something that annoys you every day that you could possibly have the ability to control mm -hmm. and not react so harshly to it can it all it starts with one thing mm -hmm. and then it leads to being able to uh, think about how else you react to other stimulus right what helps with that is just sitting meditation not any formal minute just sitting and dropping into your mind and then you drop to a place that the transcendental meditation people call the transcendental place where you start to watch your mind mm -hmm. that's not easy but mm -hmm. if you do it if you just sit with yourself then you can become the observer of your thoughts mm -hmm. most people are listening to your thoughts and saying gotta do this gotta do this yes and but they're not like listening yeah, they're, no, they're, they're following their thoughts because they think their thoughts are them. Right. But they're not their thoughts. Who we are, they are, is the observer of the thought. Right, right. It's right. like the thoughts are like some guy on the television, like they're always happening. Yeah. And we, it's not easy because we're so trained to be who we think we are. Exactly, yeah. But we're not who we think we are. We're the observer of reality. It is a bit mind-blowing when you actually, um, when it actually clicks, it's a bit mind-blowing. Yeah, but when it clicks like that, because it's clicked for you, then you start to drop into a peace that passes all understanding, Jesus said, or somebody. Uh, it, you, it's mind-blowing because you find the peace that's really at the core of who you are. Right, yeah, absolutely. And when you get there... Then these other levels of reality, these other, let's call them beings or other, you become more aware. There's a sensitivity, like you feel them. I can see you feel these other levels of consciousness. I will say I have been made privy to some interesting things. Can you be a little more specific? Well, uh... Because uh, you're a teacher, that's why I'm saying you're a teacher. You're a teacher. I've been. Yeah. So tell us. So in my own personal experience, which might sound absolutely bonkers, um, it's okay. We're among friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're human beings. This, the world is weird. Like nobody knows how it works or what it does or why we're even here. No one can figure out why the world exists. And they never will. No, no one will ever. And it's great because if you <laughs> met someone who thought they figured it out, run away from that person. Anyway, so go ahead. Tell me what in your personal experience. Yes. So in my personal experience, when I say I've been made privy to um, the, the, the strangeness of such things, um, a specific example. Yes, this is what I want to know. Would have to be um, 
when it actually have uh, more recently um, I had a dream now I, I'm going through uh, this stuff um, with my younger sister and like some a little conflict stuff you mean no conflict um, it, it is medical uh, oh, related okay. um, it's not serious but it's something but it's something um, however uh, I had a dream and I haven't been in contact with her that that she had been not doing so well and I get a phone call from my older sister and I am told just that information like I, I won't get into specifics. That was in the dream. You're told exactly what you dreamt. Yes. And now that may seem like a coincidence, but I have, it's been happening for now a couple of years where I'll, something will happen. And, and I believe it's called synchronicities mm -hmm. is when you think of something, it literally happens then or in a moment mm -hmm. or at some point but exactly what you strongly felt what you strongly thought of what you visualized whether it's in dream state or conscious state and it happens that is that is what i know as a synchronicity well that's because i see your third eye is opening i know that sounds a little weird but it's opening right here i'm just going to pull it i'm not going to i'm just going to pull it out a little bit oh no i'm just going to pull it uh, anyway, okay, close your eyes. I'm just going to pull this out. Come on. And there. Okay. Now, what, what did you, you pull? Feeling? No, it's well, just pulling any energy out so it opens up more. The first time you did it, before... Yeah, yeah you freaked out. I definitely felt a pull. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which was weird. I swear to God. Like, I swear on my parents. You didn't plan this. No, on your parents. Okay. Yeah, they're both dead, so... Okay. But, no, that's because... <laughs> I'm no, sorry. I, I see, I'm sorry. No, no, I see it opening up, so... Go with that, though. So you feel that pull out, but see if you can, like, tune into what other level of reality you can perceive with that. I mean, I have seen uh, a interesting reality. I see many realities. I Well, this is what I really want to talk to you yeah. about. Because the more people talk about these other levels of reality, the more it's acceptable for other people to talk about that. So... I've had ET experiences. Well, let's hear yours and I'll tell you mine. Okay. Um, so an ET experience. Or some other, what other, other weird experience you want to tell me about? Well, I, you know, it's very hard for me to dive deep. Uh, okay. If, if not like enticed by a scenario. Uh, give me a moment. <laughs> no, that's okay. So a... Weird scenario. It's <laughs> okay. No one's judging you. Okay. Oh, okay, here we go. Um, so we're talking about dreams. Alright, so I and also um diving into the ET aspect, so we yes. might we might as well segue into it. Yes. Um so I had a dream and now I have been very much into ufology. Me too. Yes, and um, I'm not a professional ufologist. I don't study the paranormal. However, I would love to. Um, although, like, I'm really big into it, watch shows. Nothing ever has ever happened to me that could be deemed, like, extraterrestrial activity-like. Um, until one day I went to sleep. 
and I was uh, aside my window, I slept near a window, and the moon had always be like literally crystal clear, full moon, whenever it was, through my window, moonlight everywhere. It was amazing. And so I had gone to sleep that night, and um, I remember I didn't really dream. Um, however, this could be called a dream. So um, I remember being asleep, and Things were dark, everything was very dark, everything was very fuzzy, and um, I remember feeling like I was awake, mm -hmm. like looking out my window, and I legitimately saw, whether I was awake or not, it, this black hovering thing, circular disc, we'll call it a disc because that's literally the only thing I can call it, and it was literally hovering over my window. And again, I don't know if I was awake or asleep, but I remember looking up at it and it was just sitting there and all of a sudden it just slowly takes off. Mm -hmm. As soon as I notice that it's there above my window, like not a zip like people say, there was no noise. It just slowly coasted off as soon as I noticed it, mm -hmm. as if it wanted me to know that it, it was there. There is something to that. Did it, now, did that shift your awareness when you saw that thing? Did something change? When, yes, actually, it did. Um, <clears throat> when I saw that, uh, when, I, when I apparently woke up the next day, um, I remember... I remembered that whole event, and I could not explain if I was asleep or not. Like, it literally felt like I was kind of like, oh, I, I could not tell what reality I was in. That's what it was like. Like, normally you can tell if you're in a dream or not. You can wake up and be like, oh, that was totally a dream. But I woke up from this, and I was like, I don't know if that was a dream or not. That's how real that felt. Well, that's what I want to say about these ETs, at least as far as I understand. They exist, who knows, they exist in that world yeah. because they don't exist in this physical dimension as we know. So if there was an ET to appear right here, it would shift everyone's consciousness like we were on drugs. Oh my goodness. Because, this is what I think, their mind field, like, you know, we all, I can look at you, you're a human being, I think, but we look at each other, we recognize our humanness. When you're seeing these ETs, there's nothing to focus, there's no human there, so it complete, it creates a cognitive dissonance where we um, lose awareness of who we are because the presence is such a distortion to our normal personality. So unless you're very lucid, unless you're very um, um, zen in a way, at, at, at transcending the personal, the presence of these other beings will make people go unconscious. They'll they'll make it seem like you're in a dream. So that's sort of what I'm trying to write about and understand. We have to meet them on their level because... And that's our gateway to the universe, is the shift of consciousness. What were you going to say? Idea. Well, uh, like I was saying, like I can only think of things if I'm enticed by stuff. So, um, Is this enticing? 
well, yes. <laughs> so, okay. um, I have one more thing to share. Share and as then, much as well. And then I'm going to ask you okay, um, sure. uh, a similar question. So, uh, uh, touching upon <laughs> dreams once again, and this, this will be the last thing that I say unless I ask something else. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so, again, it, this was a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a good feeling it was a dream, but it was kind of strange. And it's a recurring thing where um, I am standing atop a building that is very reminiscent of New York City. Mm-hmm. And it's usually at nighttime. And there are usually like lights that you can see, like planes going by, um, all the stars and stuff like that. I mean, you can't really see stars like New York City. <laughs> but, right. um, but yeah, you can see the planes go by. And I remember... In this one, in this one particular dream, in other dreams, I would see a UFO in the same setting on top of a building that seems like I'm in New York City, and I see it. I see the the UFO, whatever you want to call it, aerial phenomenon, and I am just stuck in like in awe and like trying to get someone's attention to like see it as well like so that i am not the only one that sees it i'm not crazy like holy shit i knew this shit was real sorry i'm saying all many curse words that's okay um we're mature we're adults and so this dream in particular had began the same way i was atop a building it looked like new york city i see a ufo going back and forth phasing in and out of the sky through the clouds and I'm just watching it like I normally do. And finally, it is just above me. Like mm-hmm. out of nowhere, it's above me. And I look up and I'm like basically shitting myself because I did not anticipate such a thing. And I am looking up and there is like, you know, the, the cliche light shining from above, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't get beamed up. I don't know how I remember. that I remember, right. I don't remember how, but I had went from looking up to being inside this thing. And when I was inside, no one was in there. It, if you can visualize what um, like it looks like chain mail, uh, like playground steps that you go up and it's usually painted blue or some stuff, um, like you can see through because there's holes through the stairs. That's what it looked like, but it was Everything was black. Everything was shiny black. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking through the stairs and there was like this ominous orange glow. And I just remember being like, where am I? And why is it empty in here? And as soon as I decided to venture further, I had woken up. Mm. So that's it. But I don't think that was a dream necessarily. It was a different state of consciousness, and we have very primitive language to say something was a dream, but it's an it's altered state of consciousness, and, and you know how you know it wasn't just a dream? Because most dreams, you wake up in the morning, you forget them. These sorts of dreams, they stay with you, and they become part of an experience. So that I think that wasn't a dream. That was maybe not quite a physical experience, but something that happened to you uh, because it all happens in that dream state. You know that Neil Young song, After the Gold Rush? I dreamed I saw a silver spaceship flying in the yellow haze of the sun. 
I've definitely heard that song. Yes. And lots of actually, actually, a friend of mine, Grant Cameron, wrote a book about music and ET contact. Mm -hmm. And so lots of people, lots of these songwriters use dreams as a form of contact. There was that sighting, what you talk about being in New York City. John Lennon had a sighting in 1974, and after that he wrote Dream Number Nine. And um, and on that album cover, I think it's Walls and Bridges. He says, "I saw a UFO in New York," and and he writes this dreamscape. Uh, I forgot the words to that, but you know, he has this made-up language in there, and um, yeah, it's activated. So the dreams are our doorways to these other realities and the meetings with these beings. So the more lucid we can become in our dreams, this is my theory. The more we can meet these beings on their ground, oh, man. On, on their territory, because they're not going to be in our world because it distorts us. We have to rise to the occasion. And I think that's what's happening now. And the more we can talk about this with everyone, the more of a shift in the platform of reality that seems to happen. Absolutely. So my dream like that was yeah. I was... I was uh, sleeping at my parents' house, and and in the middle of the night, I feel something on my leg, the inside of my thigh, like this little furry creature. It felt like that. I'm sleeping, yeah. and it, it's like rubs up and down my thigh like three times, and then this thing was put in my hands, this little creature, this little being with these big eyes was put in my hand. And I'm like still in this dream state, and I said... This is weird. I didn't see who did this, but it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm holding this like, looks like a deer with big eyes. And, and looks like you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, this being, that, maybe it was you. Maybe you're my hybrid child. No, but um, it's this little being. And I say, this is weird. I didn't have, like some people have a connection to these beings. But I, I was just so freaked out about being woken up and, and given this creature that I don't know I couldn't relate to. but that was a dream state I think but that's something I've never remember uh, never forgotten and I just um feel like that was connected to some of my genetics that I maybe if I had that experience now I'd feel more connected but you must have some hybrid experiences too right uh, elaborate on hybrid experience well supposedly the little grays I'm sure you know this mm -hmm stopped the end of their evolutionary cycle because they became, this is just one theory, pure mind. They developed their intellect and, their, and they forgot their passion, their love. Right. And they kind of became unable to reproduce. So they realized that was a dead end if you really wanted to reach God, if you want. So they need our genetics to restart their race and kind of combine their brilliant mind with our capacity to feel. Because it's feeling that really gets you back to the source. It's not intellect. Intellect will only get you so far. So they want our ability to feel, to create, to have passion, to love. Mixed with their great intellect, they've created a race, which is Bashar is an offshoot of that race of humans and greys. And the hybrids are... Um, these children, supposedly, which is an which have been populating, maybe not this planet, maybe sometimes on this planet, but populating other planets to to keep the race of greys evolving. 
I see. Does it make sense? Yes. You've heard that before, right? I have definitely heard such a theory. But before we get to the grades, this is my theory, they start generationally and they may work on your grandparents and then your parents and then you. So every generation is a little bit closer to their DNA so then when there's a match they can interbreed those two species together and make the next level. That's my theory. It may sound crazy, it may sound, but there's probably millions of abductees who've had experiences like that or similar to that on some level. That's a very simplified. Some people are born conscious. Some people are born. There's a, there's a book by Mary Rodwell called The New Humanity, which talks about these new children coming in with their connection to the stars. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think you are one of those people. <laughs> you look like you could be. I mean, so you just have this part of your mind, get like, let go of the program of like the human and start to tap into the part you really know. That might happen. I think know? it's happening. <laughs> no, I think you're more in touch than you realize. Don't, I mean, I, I, I sense something that there. I mean, I, what do you call yourself? Um, like my, my name? No, the Galactica. Galaxius. Yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> so, more sense. interesting things. Yeah. So, the name Galaxius Quasar actually. Um, Galaxius Quasar. Does yeah. that mean you're connected to the stars? I suppose it may be. I don't suppose. Obviously. Okay, go ahead. Tell us where it came from. So, this is a story that I usually only have to tell when people find out I have another name. Mm -hmm. So, I changed my name um, after. I had another strange dream. <laughs> yeah, no, but these are not true. Okay, go ahead. What happened? I tell <laughs> no, I think it's kind of fascinating for me. You're, you're teaching me. I'm, I'm really... No, tell us. So this dream, I had actually um, tried to recreate uh, in song form what I had heard. And uh, I remember being in what looked like a desert. Um, it definitely looked like I was in what looked like a crater or of some sort, like a divot. And everywhere around me was just surrounded in mountains. But it looked like a desert. And I am just confused. I don't know what's going on. I'm in a dream. Okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, I just hear a voice, a, a feminine voice that is just simply chanting, no vocal, no words, it was just vocalizations. Um, and it was in such a way that had echoed and bounced off of the mountains and it was almost as if it was asking to be responded to and so in my dream I had sang back and it literally sounded like we were conversing. Can you tell, can you do the sound that you sound, sounded back? Well I would need massive amounts of reverb to do that <laughs> but never, okay. But we'll, we'll just leave it like that. Okay. Um, so that's, that's what happened and um, okay. The name. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, that's that's one dream I had. I'm that's so fine. sorry. I, no, don't be sorry. Yeah. It's all great. No, it really is. It's and and so your name. 
Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, I was totally trying to get to that. Alright, so I started um, I started astral projecting. That is key to what we're talking about. No, good. I was lucid dreaming at first. And I uh, I remember yeah. Thinking about it, that dream had nothing to do with my nature. No, it did. No, no. No, but what it has to do with is opening your mind to these other levels of consciousness. In a way, it does have something to do with it because you're opening and you're opening. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. There is relevance, so I'll, I'll get to it afterwards. So what really set it off was I was lucid dreaming. And when I lucid dream, when I know I'm lucid dreaming, I usually find a broom. Somewhere in the environment. A room? A broom. A broom. Like, like a broomstick you sweep. Like like Harry Potter. Yes. Okay. And and normally, when I have found the object that I'm looking for, I take to the sky. And uh, what that means in dream form to me is that literally you are starting to gain control of yourself. Yes. And so, but normally I do that, but I'm having a real hard time staying in the air. So I can only take that as symbolism as, like, things are still kind of rocky for me. Anyway. Well, it's a practice. It, right. it, it comes with more and more lucidity. Yeah. Right. So as I was in the air, I believe I had gone too high. At least that's what it seemed like. And so I am now going from a lucid dream to there's, there's nothing I can do to stop this. Like, I literally was astro-projecting. I felt it in my body. Like, I don't know if anybody knows what it feels I, like. I know what it feels like because when I've astral projected, I've actually gone through the ceiling and you can actually feel the texture of the ceiling. Somehow you sense it. And so I, I have some idea of what you're talking about. For me, it's always fe it always feels like you're being, your soul is being pulled, ripped around. You can feel like it's a roller coaster. I've had that. And I'm shooting up into space. I don't know where. I see planets pass me. Stars, comets pass me. I'm seeing meteors pass me. I'm watching the planet that I had left become smaller and smaller. And I don't know where I'm going. I'm literally seeing galaxies and, and other astral and, bodies. And astral projection, I just want to say, it's not like you're imagining it. You are actually experiencing that. Yes. And so I'm, I'm being pulled into the depths of space. And finally, now I stop. And I am facing a being, a creature, something that is shapeless. It is shapeless, but... In my brain, I recognize what it is. I don't know why. And it's not speaking vocally, but it is speaking in my mind. And it literally asked me, what are you doing out here? <laughs> why are you out here? And it told me that I have to go back because I'm not done. Whatever that meant. Meant I'm, you have more to do in this life. I mean, I would, that's what I... Think. I'm not making this shit up. No, I... I'm, no, 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 I'm telling the audience. I'm not making this shit up. I swear on my parents. I swear to whatever deity exists. This thing told... Asked me, what are you doing here? You have to go back. You're not finished. I and, love it. And I'm like, what... Finished with what? And, like, literally, I'm gone. Like, I go back. I go back. And, and 
I feel it. I feel me rushing from space back to Earth. And as soon as my how you could dream body yeah. uh, fell back into place, I had woken up. And I was so shaken and rattled from that whole experience. And and in my mind, like I was just like, what? What was that? What? What? And so, like, it literally, like, th there was no name to this creature. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. But I literally wanted to remember it. I wanted to give it some sort of identity. But I didn't know what to call it. And so, for me, when I don't know what to call something, I usually do something that is called auto-writing, which is allowing your, sub your consciousness to write for you. And automatic I, writing. Automatic writing, yes. Yeah. And so I, the, the name Galaxius came out. That's literally how it happened. The name Galaxius came out, and I was rocking it for like five years until I legally had the ability to change my name. Was Galaxius the name of the being you met? or was That's what I had um, thought of calling it. That's, what, that's how I identified it. I was like, what do I call you? Like, what do I call it? Like, how do I identify with what I had seen so I never forget? And so the name Galaxius came out, and I, I, I was like, well, here it is, Galaxius. And then for some reason, it like kind of like rang to me. Like, it really like struck a real nice harmonic chord, and so I had adopted it as my name. But, you know, for a name, you need a last one. So I was like, well, what kind of name is going Quasar Galaxius? And here comes Quasar. And the definition of, an, of a quasar is a the center of a galaxy, a massive amount of energy that explodes with energy, feeding it back to the universe. Mm -hmm. And so um, I felt that was fitting. And later down the road, years, like maybe two years later, um, <laughs> I am something caused me to Google my name. Mm -hmm. And literally, it is a crater on Mars. Is it? It's a crater. The whole thing? Galaxius? Galaxius Mons. It's a crater. But I got the sense that you called yourself that so you would never forget the connection you had with that That's correct. Being. Yes, that's exactly correct. But that being is also sort of you. It's well, like the name of your soul, in a sense. That's what I... Well, maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. I do like the name. <laughs> it does resonate to me. And there are numerology equations that make it rather significant for me. But, but have you ever gotten back to that place where you meet that being again? No. But, you're, but maybe she's here and as you. It is possible. I mean, there is always the theory that perhaps who we pretend pretend to be when we are, have our makeup on and everything, you know, or even with a puppet, that's really you, like, that's you, except it's in you, you know, like, it, it only takes, you know, being able to be confident enough to let it out. So when she said, what are you doing here, that's strange, was she surprised that you were that evolved, or was well, that to plant a seed in you? to realize what you're doing there. To be 100% frank, I am absolutely unsure. Mm -hmm. Again, everything that we're talking about is, is 
true to our own perceptions, which is what we're talking about. It's all about perception. Um, and but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. Well, what we're talking about doesn't make sense in that world out there that's very linear and a functions one, two, three, A, B, C. But it it makes sense for people who have an expansion who could. I mean, I was right with you in that story. I mean, I know that it's real for 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 you. It felt real for me. Yeah. And I think what I get the sense of is that you're maybe merging with that being. As a I think when I decided to change my name mm -hmm. to Galaxius Quasar, that was exactly my intention. Mm -hmm. I went from playing a game called Second Life where I was Galaxius Quasar. Oh, you were playing that in Second Life? I know people as well. I know people who program Second Life. Before I decided to change my name legally because I realized I was a very depressed kid and played Second Life because I had no life. And <laughs> so I had a second one where I can literally be anyone I wanted to be. I could act any way I wanted to act and I could be myself. And I stopped playing that game when I realized that you can do the same thing in real life. So did you, that your life change when you changed your name that way? Yes, it did. In what way? The way that my life had changed after I changed my name was that the identity that is behind Galaxy's Quasar is actually who I had always wanted to be and who I had always wished to be. But for some reason or another, my environment had made it extremely difficult for me to realize my true character potential. Right. And um, it's all it's all true. It's all in within me. It's not like I I became something that I'm really no, not. It's who you were. Exactly. So who are you now? Well, I'm Galaxy's Quasar. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. But who, but beyond the name, who am I? Like, who do you drop into being? You know, like like without even the story. It's like, can we just? Be without anything. I don't understand. Like, okay, Galaxius Quasar got you to a place where you're really connected. But, right. But beyond that, just being that pure connection, mm, we start to wake up to these other levels of reality. But, so the story is good, and I love it, but you're already there. So there's that space you can inhabit as that without the story in a sense. It's like Galaxius Quasar is the emanation, but it goes beyond that name, I'm saying. It's, mm -hmm. it's the identity is, is transcendent. It's not an identity, it's beyond identity. So what's, what's funny is that my new name, mm -hmm. Galaxius Quasar, equates to the same numerology number as my original name. So I have always been who Galaxy's Quasar is. Yes. I just was unable to recognize that. So who is that, I'm asking? That is someone who is extremely, extremely hopeful that the way our reality is, the way the world has been constructed, the way we go about our daily lives, what we are doing to our planet. Mm. There is something 
in me, it is, I believe me, that is literally, like, sobbing because mm. of what's happened to Earth. Mm. And I believe who I am and how I've always been, because these are things I've always believed it's in. It's who you are now. I am someone who is here to begin change. Okay. A new movement, I do hope, in the next seven years, because I'm only 28. No, no, but you're doing it. <laughs> no, just bringing in that level, I just want to feel it. You know, just want to resonate with that vision you have. Mm -hmm. And it's a great vision, because it's transcending the personality. I really do hope, you know, this might sound far-fetched, but if anyone has ever watched Star Trek Enterprise um, with Jean-Luc Picard, Earth had become essentially a utopia. Uh, there was no need for money. Um, there was no war. There was no such thing as war anymore on Earth. And as fantasy and as sci-fi as that seems, I truly hope that one day our reality does become very much like Jean-Luc Picard's uh, Star Trek universe. Because how Jean-Luc Picard had been viewed as a character is essentially how I feel. And, how is that? And he, he literally wishes to explore all that is and to learn all there is to learn, and to not even partake in any sort of warlike engagement. So let's bring Everything. that here, yeah, now, yeah. in this little dialogue. Can we just mm -hmm. like call that space in? Sure, yeah. Because I, I love what you're saying. <laughs> you're so um, passionate, you're so connected to that vision that it seems rather zealous, but I... No, it's not. <laughs> no, don't judge yourself. No, 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 no. I think it's great because speaking it makes it more of a reality. So it's just like we can feel it. And I hope everyone in the camera feels it too. <laughs> because what you're saying is what I've dedicated my program, New Realities, to. This idea that we can live in that peace, that utopian. I mean, it's a fantasy for some people, but that's why I think we had to go through this crisis, whatever you want to call it, yes. to, as a recorrection. You know, the Kabbalah talks about tikkun, correction. And, right. and we are now in this big correction to be more compassionate, to be more with each other, to help each other. I mean, it doesn't look that way. It looks more chaotic, but the chaos has to be thrown up in the air. Absolutely. But I, I really am hopeful for humanity because people like you have that vision of what's possible. And um, we just have to keep being more compassionate, more loving, more hopeful, more joyful, and realize that there's more to reality than just this material world. Yes, and if we can live in that possibility in the tr in those visions, I, I want to hear all your dreams because there <laughs> there are other realities, and and people have to trust that for themselves. It it's you know like for anyone that ha finds interest in what we are saying today, I do hope that the magic that had been sparked within people who are already in this path is sparked within the people who 
have their interest peaked enough to look into it? Well, people can just email their dreams or their visions to me, newrealities at earthlink.net. Maybe we'll do a roundtable Zoom about this so we can all come out of the closet and share what's really going on because you are that being Galacticus. You are. You're, you're that being that you met on the other side of the universe. You're, you're, you're just pretending to be this human being. You, you know I, mean? I mean, you're doing a good job, but there's a bigger being that you are. That's my sense, that we all are. But you're almost letting it come through to completely. That's, you're like, should I, maybe? But something's emerging. I just get that feeling in you. I think you might. Let it, let, it, let it happen. It'll happen. Oh, she'll come busting through, trust me. On Saturday, she's coming out. What's happening Saturday? <laughs> the burn. The oh, burn. The burn? There's... I think so. I mean, Where isn't there usually the a burn? burn? Yeah, we're doing a burn right here, right yeah, here at Camp Woodstock. Camp Woodstock's doing the burn. Yes, we are. We're broadcasting that. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. for your time. Well, thank you, Alan. And you thank can find his channel at www.youtube.com slash realities. Oh, I also want to say I've collected a lot of um, essays and stories by many people in the ufology world. Mm -hmm. And put them together in a book called Making Contact. Yes. To be published by St. Martin's Press. People like Whitley Strieber. Have you read Whitley's book? No. Linda Moulton Howe. I, you know, I'm not a big John reader. Mack. <laughs> you know John Mack, who was a psychiatrist at Harvard, who started talking to people about their ET experiences. And he said, these people are not crazy. These people are having legitimate experiences. Anyway, he died, but there was an unpublished essay that uh, his estate allowed me to publish, and so it's all coming out in this collection. Grant Cameron, who I mentioned, who really understands the contact modalities, because there's many ways of making contact. Dreams, trauma sometimes, mm -hmm. that can come, because you told me a little bit, but it comes through all these levels of altered states. Mary Rodwell, who wrote the book The New Yeoman. There's a woman, Carolyn Corey who's written a book about, written a, a chapter about her merging with her E.T. self. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of was coaching on that. Mm -hmm. And then my story of uh, being abducted in 1987 yeah. in western um, Nebraska and being frozen. And I think that's where they got my genetics to later give me that little being in my arms because they took it from me when I had that abduction. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So I want this Making Contact book to really make a dent in the mainstream because if people don't know, the Pentagon just acknowledged that, yes, this we, is true. we have footage, and they did acknowledge that they had down craft, that they had craft that they recovered. If you look at the New York Times article... Oh, Bob Lazar, yeah. Yeah, Bob Lazar, but not just Bob Lazar, Luis Alessandro, who mm -hmm. worked for the Pentagon... Harry Reid, um, a lot of it's in this article by Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie King, mm -hmm. saying, yes, we're not only UFOs or UAPs, you know they're calling yeah. them UAPs, to yes. make it a little more, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, because UFOs have such a kind of ominous feeling, but it's the same thing. But yes. these objects are on video, and probably let the last 45 years of video, mm -hmm. And uh, from Roswell onward, and that they've acknowledged they have crafts. And that's what they call confirmation. I just figured it out. 
Disclosure is what just happened. The government saying, yes, there are UFOs out there. But what we're looking for is confirmation. Right. You know what that is? Actual visual proof. Yeah, where they come out and say, guess what? These are the craft that crashed um, at Roswell and other places, and they're here. So that's the next phase. But and that will be a huge shift for people. because, But the shift is really what's happening with you in this consciousness change. It's not like, so what, you see this piece of metal, whatever it is, but the interior, like making contact is an inside job. And you're one of the people, and there's people like you that allow their dream states to be a reality so they can really start to shift their everyday consciousness. And that's what we're hoping. And, and it happens that, on a grand scale. That'd be great. But it did happen. It did just happen. The reality just shifted with this whole virus thing. Oh, that's right. On a grand scale. Worldwide. That's a little example of how reality can shift worldwide. I mean, in a whole different way. This is a little tragic. Hopefully, this will be a little more uplifting. Yes. That's my vision. Thank you, Ms. Galactica. Thank you, Mr. Allen. And you are watching Camp Woodstock here, Burning Man 2020, Mr. Alan Steinfield once again at New Realities on YouTube. You can find his channel. Be sure to like, subscribe, and watch his content because it's very interesting and, and rather mind-expanding, I would say. Thank yes. you. It's yes. a new reality. Absolutely. New, new cognitions of understanding. And my very special new guest, Galacticus. Quasar. Galaxius. Galaxius. <laughs> Galacticus is oh, actually Galactic. a uh, comic book character who is known um, as the World Eater. Eater. World Eater. Okay. He's seen as a villain and also a hero. Well, you're not that. No, I'm just a hero. <laughs> or a villain, but, depends. And what is it? Gala Galaxius. Galaxius. Like, How do you spell it? G-A-L-A-E-X-I-U-S. Galaxius. Quasar. Correct. Can I call you Miss Quasar? Yes, you okay. can! Thank you. And please come on with more dreams because you're a visionary. Well, I would love to share my dreams. Because they're going to happen. More and more worldwide internal contact is being made. I mean, really, sightings have been up, but more people are coming to me and saying, well, I have this vision and this vision. And so I'm trying to document it because we're changing reality. That we are. You're welcome, and thank you. Uh, everybody, this is once again Alan Steinfield with New Realities, and you are watching Camp Woodstock. I'm Galaxies Quasar, and see you in the next transmission. Backyard with Alan on the camel and my man Bashar. Ten rabbis, a physicist, guru, and a genius. A woman who can teach you how to grow your penis. I'm a romper, Jay Z, channeling true love. Oh, reality's boring. We're starting a new one. Hearts popped open. Dalai Lama, rock your soul with my tantric chakras. Now say home with Deepak Chopra. Natasha's so dope. Who needs Oprah? Shaman Steve and his higher selves. NSA can't stop. My elves, fairies landed, whole world's dusted, hugging under covers, butt naked in public. Government's bugging, but they're so corny. Back to the craft, first starborn orgy. What? It's reality.
OLF mention JJ Hurtak, keys of Enoch Open up doors, teleport to Montauk Navy ships disappear for battling Duncan Cameron starts time traveling Nassim Harriman, electron spin Word I am word cell channeling Paulo masculine feminine Marianne Williamson tears to triumph Jade goddesses lift weights with their vaginas Till there's a tantric holy glow Jody Sirota's a UFO from Sedona to DC, Washington disclose ETs. David Ike is like Adam and Eve. Meet me down a caravan of dreams. For Alan Steinfeld's new realities. What cheese want? It's new realities. Changing the news, new realities. God's interviews, new realities. Where do I begin? A left mention, new realities. Changing the news, new realities. God's in Reality. Where do I begin? Yeah.